Today on the Matt Wall Show, the number one song in the world right now consists of a couple of women shouting about their genitals. And we're told that this is empowering and sex positive and inspiring. But in fact, it is, of course, the opposite. And all of the people defending and celebrating the song are hypocrites. And I'll explain why. Also, five headlines, including another BLM supporter pulls a gun on a motorist who committed the crime of trying to drive on a public road. And in our daily cancellation, I will cancel the climate alarmists who have scared children so much that now some kids, according to the Daily Mail anyway, are traumatized when they go outside. All of that on the way. But first, um, listen, this is, this is simple as far as I am concerned. Everyone, absolutely everyone needs a VPN to protect them. If you're using the internet without one, you're being needlessly reckless. So get with the program. Get uh, ExpressVPN, in fact. I mean, just think about censorship on social media sites. The left wants to silence and remove any voices they don't agree with. Twitter, for example, was supposed to be an open platform. Um, I don't need their content moderators acting like the op-ed section of the New York Times. So uh, instead of letting social media sites revoke your right to free speech, how about revoking their right to your data? I think maybe that's what we should be doing instead. Now, you, you could just deactivate all your social media accounts, but the problem is you know, that would be giving the left just what they wanted in the first place. Instead, uh, instead of doing that, of retreating, I take actual steps to protect myself. I use ExpressVPN. Ever wondered how free to access social media sites make all their money? Well, by tracking your searches, your video history, everything you click on, and then selling um, your valuable data. When you use ExpressVPN, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That's you know, the, the basics of how it works. It's pretty simple, really. And that makes your activity more difficult to trace and also more difficult to sell to advertisers because they have no right to be doing that anyway. This is your information, your data. And ExpressVPN couldn't be easier um, to set up. You just tap one button on your phone, your computer, and uh, you're protected. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of uh, your data to protect you from hackers and internet bad guys. Look, it's just always a good idea to protect yourself on the internet. There's no reason not to. There's no downside. So, um, it's finally time to say no to censorship and take back your online privacy at expressvpn.com Walsh. By visiting my special link, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free. Again, that's expressvpn.com Walsh. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com Walsh. Expressvpn.com Walsh to protect your data today. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's get into this. Now, Many people in the culture are intensely focused on rooting out problematic language and toxic messages. They insist that we must rename sports teams and objects in outer space and, uh, and rebrand grocery items and ban books and censor films, all for the sake of protecting society from the harm that inappropriate words and ideas may cause. Anyone who steps outside the perceived lines of decency is condemned with a hostility that we once reserved only for rapists and murderers. It would be quite confusing then for any alien who lands on this planet or any person who emerges after being lost in the rainforest for the past five decades to discover just what sort of media these perpetually scandalized damsels in distress enjoy. Because the very same people who were so traumatized by a fast food CEO's comments that they boycotted his chicken restaurant for eight years, and the very same people who have tearfully denounced offensive Disney costumes worn by children and the very same people who are liable to break into convulsions of anger if you say something really provocative like, 
men have penises. And the very same people who invented concepts like trigger warnings and safe spaces are the ones who will listen to, appreciate, and celebrate the most vulgar and de degrading television shows, films, and songs made by some of the most loathsome and repulsive people this country has ever produced. They are Puritans about all that is innocuous and libertines about all that is genuinely objectionable. They have, in a word, everything backwards. And never has that contrast been clearer than with the reaction to the latest bit of audible sewage from the rapper Cardi B. Now, before we get into the song, we should note that Cardi B, a former stripper, has admitted publicly that she used to drug and take advantage of men. Um, in her own words, in fact, listen to this. You got to go to a good studio and you got to put in that bread. I did it with my money. So for a to say that I don't know the deserve it because I don't put in no work. Now, that's when I feel like is bugging. Because I did it myself. A real scholar there that we have on our hands. Cardi B. Cosby's uh, weak excuse for this behavior is that she had to do it to survive. Yet she has elsewhere bragged that she made up to $3,000 a night as a stripper and had $35,000 in singles saved by the time she turned 22. CCIRS. For comparison's sake, a surgeon earns around $120 an hour, which means that Cardi B, by her own testimony, was taking in substantially more than a surgeon just by taking off her clothes, and yet she needed to lure men back to her hotel room, drug them, and rob them in order to stave off starvation? Somehow the story doesn't add up. It would seem that she is simply a sociopath and a predator who enjoys preying upon other human beings, like Bill Cosby, who also drugged people and took advantage of them. But this fact does not seem to have troubled Reebok or Pepsi, who have both signed million-dollar endorsements with the confessed criminal. The cancel culture has, has ruined people's lives over edgy tweets they posted as teenagers, yet Cardi B. Cosby's personal history involves drugging people and taking advantage of them, and she admits to it and brags about it and faces absolutely no consequence for it, whatever. White privilege tends to manifest itself in rather unexpected ways these days, you might say. Now, Cardi's newest song, topping the charts in the U.S., the U.K., across the world, is called WAP. Uh, it's an acronym that I can't spell out on the air, but uh, which references female genitalia. In fact, I can't repeat any of the lyrics on the air, but suffice it to say that the song begins and ends with the refrain, there's some whores in this house, and everything that happens in between would seem very much to uh, confirm the, the, those declarations. The song wants to be extraordinarily vulgar, and it succeeds. It also wants to be shocking, but in that regard, it fails. For an artist to be truly shocking, she must have wit and intelligence and vision. There is a severe scarcity of those qualities among any of the people involved in this song, so they're reduced to being merely obnoxious instead. Um, the entire song is like something that someone might have scrawled in red ink on a bathroom stall. In fact, I think that a bathroom stall may have a writing credit on this song, but I can't be sure. The problem is, is less with the music itself or the video accompanying it than with the reaction to it. In saner times, if women were rolling around on the floor and screaming about their genitals for three and a half minutes, we would just ignore them or perhaps refer them to a counselor who specializes in that particular form of mania. But 
We don't live in sane times, and so a song with a generic beat, mediocre production qualities, and semi-coherent lyrics encouraging women to make prostitutes of themselves is celebrated as, according to the New York Times, or the LA Times, rather, a sex-positive triumph. And according to USA Today, an anthem of female fierceness. Um, and it gets even more absurd than that. There's an article on a website called Complex, which hails WAP as a great cultural achievement. Um, and it just goes into great detail talking about, about this work. It, it exclaims in part, WAP is the epitome of female empowerment. Both, both Cardi and Megan, the other uh, artist, use the term loosely, on the track, are powerhouses of female sexuality, independence, and dominance. In a male-dominated genre that is often criticized for misogynistic wordplay towards women, the two rappers have never shied away from taking back the narrative of femininity in hip-hop. And during a time when black women have taken to social media to advocate for their protection and support while basking in their blackness, the music video couldn't be more timely. Uh, it continues on later, walking in the footsteps of iconic sex-positive female rappers like Trina, Lil' Kim, and Kia, Kaya, Cardi and Megan splash around in a pool of water, which we can assure you, which we which we can assume is symbolism for yup, and describe in detail what a night in bed with them might be like. Uh, though through cocky, self-assured lyrics, the duo own their sexuality and shine light on other prominent sex symbols and female musicians. Um, and then uh, it continues on later. WAP is a prime example of progressive womanhood and modern femininity. The theme of women prioritizing pleasure and joy runs from start to finish. Liberation and power are showcased in lyrics, placing the track as the duo's most forward and compelling expression. Also, the song slaps. Okay. Many other articles have been written um, to inform us, predictably, that any criticism of this song is misogynistic and racist and all the other is and isms. And this is the real danger. Uh, there has always been stupid, degraded vulgarity in the world, but it becomes especially, to use the favorite term of gender studies majors, problematic when the degradation is presented to our children as something to aspire to. So that's the issue here. Self-debasement is not empowering. And it is rather important that we make this point, even if it does provide the people who are recently offended by a can of beans an opportunity to call someone else a snowflake for a change. But the difference between... This criticism that I'm making right now and leftist snowflakery is that the criticism here is warranted and the message being criticized is actually harmful. Young girls are being explicitly encouraged by this song and by so much else in pop culture to embrace their own objectification, to offer themselves up to be used by men who see them as nothing more than a masturbatory device. They're being told to choose emptiness over joy and to see stupidity and crassness as feminine. And the frauds who cheer this on and to help to and help to usher a generation of girls into a miserable life of whorishness and loneliness will soon revert back to decrying the objectification of the female form and pinning the blame for that on the patriarchy and other phantoms. The point here is that even the people actively promoting the objectification of women and the commodification of sexuality know very well that the, har the harm that it causes and will tell you that if you catch them on a day when they're pretending to care about it. Now, I want you to consider, uh, just to further illustrate this, the words of a woman by the name of Suki Hana who appeared in the WAP music video and later joined Cardi and the gang for a discussion promoted and broadcast by Apple Music. Here's what she had to say. Listen to this. I feel like being 
like sexual and shit. Like, I don't see nothing wrong with that because, baby, I got uh, uh, three kids. And I mean, <laughs> I got these kids from sucking and fucking. At the end of the day, me being a hoe, like these people say, like, honestly, I liberate a lot of, a lot of hoes. You feel me? When I hear Cardi talk about popping some me and my is with it. Like, we, that liberate us because it's like, you self-respect as hoes. Cause how y'all got self-respect? <laughs> like, I don't think y'all got self-respect like that. Cause first of all, you supposed to tax these That's self-respect. You feel me? Like, I just, it make me feel liberated. Like, I love crossing boundaries. Cause guess what? Scare money don't make no money. If you gonna be scared to get that money, you gonna be scared to be yourself and say this who I am, then you ain't gonna get that coin like that. Thanks. Leaving aside the that the, the fingernails there that must make it impossible for her to eat a Cheeto without blinding herself, notice the question she poses. How y'all got self-respect, she asks. She quite literally doesn't even understand the concept of self-respect. She goes from recoiling at the very idea that a woman would respect herself to suggesting that true self-respect is to be found in the payments a man renders after having sex with you. Need I explain the problem here? People pay for goods and services. To get paid for your sexuality is to have it treated with the same reverence that one affords a hamburger or an oil change. You have reduced yourself, your body, your very person to a commodity and offered it to someone who doesn't care about you, certainly doesn't love you, and sees you only as a means to an end. This is the diametric opposite of self-respect. Why do you think drug abuse and suicide are so common among prostitutes? Reducing yourself to the sum total of your body parts is not a path to a healthy life, or, or a long one, we should note. It is a road to disappointment and despair and death, where the fun, for whatever it's worth, is sure to dissipate when your physical beauty wears away, if not long before. This is the road that Cardi B, her fellow pop stars, and her insidious cheerleaders in the media would like your daughter to walk down. And as a man with two daughters, I have no shame or hesitation in saying to these forces, no and go to hell. I'm sorry that you didn't have a father who loved you, but my daughters do, and so they're gonna know better. You can go wallow in your own filth and misery all you want. I will make sure that my girls do not follow you there. Let's go to five headlines. Okay, and here's a, another one of these. The Daily Wire reports a Black Lives Matter protester allegedly pulled a gun on a truck in Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis late last week as the truck tried to get around a group of protesters that were occupying the road. A video of the incident went viral on social media over the weekend, um, but the incident appears to have happened last Thursday. Here's the uh, video. What you have to understand here is that these leftist, quote unquote, protesters, they 
have been driven so mad by their own sense of entitlement. They have gone so crazy with entitlement that they they really, at this point, don't even understand uh, the concept of, uh, they, they stand in the middle of the road with a gun and point it at a, at a, at a driver. They really think they have a right to do that. They, they, they really believe, I, I believe that they actually believe they have a right to do it. Which is why if you ever say to them, you know, you're not supposed to do it. What do you mean? What do you mean I can't do this? This is, this, this is, this is freedom. Stop being a fascist. They really don't get it. Because, as I said, they have quite literally been driven mad by their sense of entitlement. Number two, um, speaking of madness, report in the AP says Riverdale Nursing Home in the Bronx appears on paper to have escaped the worst of the coronavirus pandemic with an official count of just four deaths in its 146-bed facility. The truth, according to the home, is far worse. 21 dead, most transported to hospitals before they succumbed. It was a cascading effect, Administrator Emily um, Fuzzi. Yav recalled, one after the other, New York's coronavirus death toll in nursing homes, already among the highest in the nation, could actually be a significant undercount. Unlike every other state with major outbreaks, New York only counts residents who died on nursing home property and not those who were transported to hospitals and died there. The statistic could add thousands to the state's official care uh, care home death toll of just 6,600, but so far the administration of Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo has refused to divulge the number, leading to speculation that the state is manipulating the figures to make it appear it is doing a better uh, better job than other states and um, making a tragic situation less dire. So this is, I mean, uh, I mean, nothing to see here, just, you know, we start with government policies that directly killed thousands, and now we go to a, an actual conspiracy to cover up how bad the damage is. And Governor Cuomo is just sailing through this. No problem at all. No problem at all for him. You know, that's that's Democratic privilege for you. Number three, my personal favorite musical artist, Takashi 69 uh, a poet and musician even more brilliant and insightful than Cardi B, if you can believe it, is causing controversy today, not because of his lyrics or because he's a convicted violent felon who only escaped a half century in prison because... Uh, he turned around and snitched on the other gang members and his crew. Um, not because of that, but because he rode a, a subway without a mask. Watch. Just shocking behavior there. Shocking behavior. And this is what people are upset about. Uh, and it goes back to what I what I said at the top about even though, you know, if you criticize pop music or whatever it is that Takashi 69 does, you're always going to be, you're going to have people scoffing at you and saying, oh, it's just, just relax. It's just, a, it's just music, you snowflake. Yet these are the people that are offended by everything. In this case, they're offended by a guy because he's not wearing a mask on the subway. Um, and and, and I, I, I didn't even mention in the Cardi B song, actually, there has been some leftist backlash against the song. It's got nothing to do with the celebration of the objectification of women. Um, it's two reasons. Number one, Kylie Jenner is in the song, and that's a controversy. I have no idea why. I think it's just it's, it's literally just because she's white. So there are people that are upset that a white person is in the song. 
And uh, also that there's tigers. There are uh, big cats. In, in, and so, and so um, uh, you know, the tiger, Carol Baskin chimed in and other animal rights people have been offended. But so those are the two things we're, we're, we're worried about. We're worried about the tigers and we're worried that uh, a white person was allowed in, in the video because you can't, you can't have any of that. Okay. Number four, the Huffington Post reports a Washington man was arrested on Saturday for allegedly assaulting a 72-year-old veteran over a face mask dispute. Police apprehended Cody Hansen, 35, um, at his home after he was reported the July 18th incident left the unidentified victim with a broken jaw and cornea abrasion. And uh, what happened is this is a, a partially disabled elderly veteran, and he was, they were, uh, looks like they were at a a hotel, yeah, they were okay. They were in the, the lobby of a hotel. The the elderly man says something to Hanson's girlfriend because she wasn't wearing a face mask, and then Hanson later returns and does this. If you ever had any, if you had any hope or optimism about humanity's chances in general, or its chances of surviving some sort of apocalyptic situation, rebuilding society, if you had any hope about that, it, it, it should be gone now. Uh, just based on this mask stuff. I mean, really on, on, on both sides, just the way people are acting, violently assaulting each other over wearing a mask or not wearing one. It's total lunacy. Number five, um, well, we've talked a lot about lunacy. Let's go to a, a, little, a, a, little, a little gleaming light, just a small bit of, a bit of sanity. Uh, it's a small matter, but I think we have to, I tend to latch on to any sanity that I see now and because I, I got to find hope somewhere. So this is from uh, Deadline reports, the Simpsons actor, Harry Shearer, who gives voice to characters ranging from elderly miser, Mr. Burns, to the unflappable of African-American physician, Dr. Julius Hibbert, isn't quite in agreement with the long running show's dis recent decision to stop using white actors for non-white characters. Shearer, this is what he said in an interview on Times Radio, I have a very simple belief about acting. The job of the actor is to play someone who they're not. Wow. That's a provocative. That's provocative these days. To, to just define what acting is, is, is provocative and controversial. And actually, not everyone agrees. A lot of people don't agree. The issue has been the source of debate with regard to Fox is uh, Fox's The Simpsons since um, the documentary The Problem with Apu and last year's announcement by Hank Azaria that Apu who's, portrays Apu to, that he's going to step away from the role. Um, though Shearer pointed out that he was not opining on whether the producer's recent decision was a mistake, he says that, you know, playing a range of characters is the gig. That's the job description. He continues, I think there's a, a conflation between representation, which is important. Um, Shearer suggests that he disagreed with conflation between representation and performance. People from all backgrounds should be represented in the writing and producing end of the business, so they help decide what stories to tell and with uh, what knowledge. But he adds again, the job is playing someone I'm not. I mean, this, this is, there's, there's nothing to disagree with here. It's really basic common sense. This is what an actor does. You pretend to be something that you're not. But this is where we are in our culture right now, where even, this is an actor saying, my job is to pretend to be something I'm not. And this, this is headline news these days. All right, let's get to our daily cancellation. Before we do, I want to tell you guys about the most exclusive membership tier over at the Daily Wire, which is All Access. All Access members get to join All Access Live, our exclusive live stream uh, Q&As hosted every night by each of the hosts. I did one last night. 
Um, all access memberships also feature exclusive access to live online discussions with our hosts, writers, and special guests. You also get not one, but two leftist tears tumblers with your membership, as well as early and sometimes exclusive access to new, to, uh, new Daily Wire products. So you get all of that. Go to dailywire.com slash Walsh right now to get 20% off all access with coupon code ACCESS. That's dailywire.com slash Walsh, coupon code ACCESS for 20% off. Now for our daily cancellation. We're going to cancel climate alarmists. Uh, but I want to be specific here because, frankly, if you in the privacy of your own home tremble in fear of the day when the ice caps melt and you're washed away by the tidal wave, that's your concern. We all have our, our own irrational fears. Um, mine is that I'll get into an elevator and it will explode out of the top of the building and I'll end up in outer space. It's been known to happen, folks. Okay, don't laugh. It, it can happen. That's science. But the point is, we all have our fears that we cherish and hold dear. Uh, and, and, and that's okay. Okay, I wouldn't want to deprive you of that. What is not okay is when you impose those fears on children. That's when I step in and issue fervent cancellations. And that brings us to this Daily Mail article. Uh, and the headline is, Some children find spending time in nature distressing because it can trigger feelings of anxiety and despair linked to climate change. The article says, While most children benefit from having, how, uh, having time outdoors, for some youngsters it is triggering feelings of anxiety and despair due to fears over climate change. These troubling emotions and their link to climate change have been studied by University of Columbia researchers for, their, for the British Ecological Society. In the first of its uh, kind study to focus on children and teenagers connecting with nature, the team conducted a full review of other studies, articles, and books. Um, and they, they uh, were, were trying to find out you know, how, how children are, how the climate change message is resonating with children. Children and teenagers were triggered by the natural world and their inability to control what was happening to the unraveling biosphere, according to the, to the team. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Children being triggered by the natural world. That's, that's perfectly natural, right? Nothing to be concerned about. The authors found that uh, measures currently used to connect children to the natural world can help others cope with feelings of fear linked to climate change. Uh, many children know they are inheriting a changing world that is likely to get worse. And this leads them to feelings of anxiety and despair. Okay. Let me uh, say... If, if your child even knows what the phrase unraveling biosphere means, much less actively worries about it, you are doing something terribly wrong as a parent. A child should not spend any time worrying about any sort of doomsday scenario, especially ones that are as far-fetched and absurd as the climate change apocalypse. Even if it was, even if it was true, even if the world really did teeter on the brink of ecological disaster, why would you tell your kid about it? What can he do with the information? How can he solve it? What do you want your 11-year-old to do to fix the weather? If the answer is nothing, then leave him alone and let him have a childhood, you absolute maniac. Now, there are other more plausible and likely Armageddons potentially on the horizon. A solar flare could knock out all of our communication, send us back to the Stone Age. A supervolcano could erupt any time, blot out the sun, kill our crops, starve us to death. I mean, it could happen. Um... There could be an attack uh, on the power grid. There could be a nuclear holocaust. There could be another pandemic, perhaps a, a one that's bioengineered with a 50% mortality rate. Who knows? Hell, we could be invaded by aliens. The Pentagon seems to be worried about that. Anything could happen, some more likely than others. And whatever does happen or doesn't, it, it, it almost is irrelevant on an individual level anyway because we're all doomed regardless. No matter what happens. You have a death sentence, and you will not live very long in the grand scheme. I hate to tell you, the earth, too, is on death row. 
The sun will burn out eventually. And in fact, before that happens, probably the Milky Way galaxy is going to collide with the Andromeda galaxy. And that will probably not bode well for our little solar system over here. Now it's four billion years in the future. But still, um, no matter what, you will die. Everyone you know will die. Everything you've ever seen or touched in every piece of ground you've ever tread upon will be annihilated. All of this is true. But you know what? I don't tell my kids that. Why? Because it's not their job to worry about that stuff right now. Their job is to have fun, to run around, to play, to clean their room, do their lessons, clean up their plates after dinner, all of that sort of thing. That's what I want them worried about. That's what they're, those are their objectives throughout the day. It's not fair to saddle children with far-fetched anxieties or even not so far-fetched anxieties. But this is done for a reason, of course, and the reason is sinister. There is no better tool for manipulation than fear. And there's no easier group of people to scare than kids. And so the climate alarmists prey upon kids, condition them, brainwash them while they're vulnerable and their minds are malleable. That's what this is really about. And that is why the fear mongers are canceled. Canceled. Once again, with a vengeance, as all of my cancellations uh, are performed. We'll leave it there. Thanks for watching the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. President Trump considers accepting the GOP nomination at Gettysburg. A teacher is terrified that digital learning is going to allow parents to hear what he is teaching their children. And surprise, surprise, it turns out that some masks not only don't help stop coronavirus, they actually make the spread worse. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.